In this week's episode of The Stack, we're going to share an update to how Google is generating featured snippets. We're going to share a study about Google My Business and talk about a big update in Chrome and how Chrome handles lazy loaded images. So we're back for another episode of The Stack, episode number 62? Yeah, 62. Wow, that's a lot. You know, I was watching some of the original ones from two years ago. And by God. Weren't they fun? I can't tell if Tim had gotten a haircut yet or if he hadn't gotten a haircut. I still Uh, can't tell. He's gotten one in between then and now. I I I still can't tell. Yeah. I think my hair is wonderful. (laughs) So if you've only listened to us on The Stack, you have no idea what Tim's hair looks like. But I, I can send you a photo of just my hair. Um, Just... Leave us a comment, like and share. <laughs> it, inbound is your uh, annual. Inbound is my annual, recruiting, right? Yeah, or before a, a major wedding, right? Oh, okay, yeah. he did get his haircut before my wedding, but I do remember last year's inbound. Tim, we should get we should get a team haircut. That sounds a team haircut awful. <laughs> yeah, but then you could actually go to a real barber. Does that mean would Kelsey have to get the yeah. same haircut? Kelsey did say she wanted a haircut. Well, would you have from to get the barber? same haircut? Maybe not. <laughs> Can we find a side by side? Do they exist? Is that <laughs> I don't know. Probably. Uh, so so uh, if this is your first time listening to the stack, uh, it's a weekly show. We talk about the latest trends, news, and content in the world, marketing, sales, and tech. And we try to just highlight three or so articles that really are updates that really caught our attention and break it down and give you a few actionable takeaways. Um, so if you are tuning in, you like me here, we'd love it if you left us a review. I'll ask you again at the end of the show because reviews do matter. And uh, very few of you have bothered to do that. Get off your lazy butts and leave us and a review. And get a mug, at least. Yes. If you do that. Now, if you do leave us a review. And, and tweet at us. Yeah. Tweet us, screenshot, or however you want to prove to us that you did that. We will send you this glorious Pepperland mug. Mm-hmm. Disclaimer, like we did last week, while supplies last. <laughs> yeah. Or a t-shirt. If you'd rather or have a t-shirt, t-shirt, I'll give you a t-shirt. Yes. Yeah. Some of us have too many mugs as it is. <laughs> but you can't get enough t-shirts, I always say. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. They put on his tombstone. I don't have any sayings. I need some sayings. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, first update is coming from the keyword blog. That's a, a Google blog. It's written by uh, Pandu Nayak. And the headline is Finding Fresh Helpful Information Through Featured Snippets. Now, if you don't know what a featured snippet is, it is the um, little snippet of text that sometimes you'll see at the top of search results page that gives you an immediate answer to your question or your query. So um, I would imagine if you searched how to convert Celsius into Fahrenheit, let's find out, um, you would probably get a featured snippet that gives you the formula for doing that. See, I feel like that one's going to give you a rich result, which is technically different. That, that's a good point. Good point. It's So yeah, it gives Tim's you a rich result calculator. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, go away. I know stuff. Go away. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah. But so um, the, the problem with featured snippets, I don't know if you've ever done this, but sometimes you do a search. And um, you might, I wonder what happens if you search, when is the next Game of Thrones season? I, I'm gonna, Probably with this update, they've, they've solved this I'm problem. I'm going to guess that it's going to be a featured snippet telling you that the season is over. Okay. If or it is, if is, it is here's a result. April 14th, 2019. So technically. Hmm. So it hasn't been updated, huh? Um, so yeah. I would expect it to say. All right, oh, so. no, no, it does. It, it bolded final season. Okay. So the Epic Fantasy Series, uh, eighth but, and final season, April 14th, twenty. But it still doesn't acknowledge now that that's in the past, huh? I guess not. How about that? So this update is sort of designed to tackle that problem. Um, sometimes you would do a search 
and you would get a featured snippet that is clearly out of date. It's giving you some information from 2018 or 2017. And I think this actually gives a few examples, right? Yeah. yeah. It's like when you... It, their their example was income brackets. Income brackets. Okay, yeah. there you go. Yeah. I mean, even in the past, like, you know, we've we've had, we've held featured snippets around things like um, you know, trends to watch out for in 2018, which carries over into 2019. Like, mm-hmm. we've, we've held things like yeah. that in the past. Yeah. Um, and the... In in this case, those kinds of things would be updated as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, but I think this is really important for news based sites. Yeah. If you yeah. really like, this is going to pressure you to be really on top of all the information related to, say, a deadline, a previous date, upcoming date, like anything like that is going to be huge. That's a good point. So let's come back to that because we can talk about some ways to manage that mm-hmm. process. Yeah. But just to quote the article in a few places, they point out you might be looking for information that is updated on a regular basis like the next full moon or the winner of a reality tv show or upcoming holidays oh that's silly people probably <laughs> like ask who got the rose <laughs> i have to the do bachelor and the bachelor oh, who got the rose on bachelor in paradise is that yeah. the current yeah season yeah does it give an answer jane aver now is that the most recent i don't know but anyway two um, days ago okay cool uh, so yeah, they have examples, upcoming UK school holidays, and they say before we might have shown you uh, school holidays, England, 2018 to 2019, but hey, it's already 2019 and we're going into uh, the next school year. So now um, they will show you England, 2019, 2020 school holidays, which is useful and relevant and, and timely. Another uh, example is how information gets more accurate over time. So they give an example of how when an event approaches, we learn more this is quoting them. We learn more specific dates. A fresher page about an upcoming TV premiere might have more specific information and other useful content like trailers that you can click through to review. And they give the example, when does Stranger Things season three start? And they show the old one, which was still premiere at some point in 2019. And then they show the new one where it says timed. Oh, what is it? I'm not just going to give you the, like the upcoming date, right? Yeah. So that's a good example of what they're trying to do. We just tested it with Game of Thrones. I think they can get a little better. But uh, it's cool. So good for searchers. Now, it does put the uh, the burden now on the editorial teams, yeah. the SEO teams to say, okay, we've been benefiting from a featured snippet, potentially. Maybe you're hurt from a featured snippet too. Um, but hopefully you're benefiting from the featured snippet. And now suddenly you're getting replaced because your data is out of date. What could you do? Any thoughts? I mean, just like in the case... That I mentioned, like if you're if you if you currently have a featured snippet and it's dated in some way, like you know, best whatever of 2019, mm-hmm. refresh it. <laughs> right. You know, just just so make that a part of your 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 regular it assumes that process. you really are aware that you have those featured snippets. Yeah. So you have somebody tracking that. Yeah. For it. I would imagine the majority of teams probably don't. Well, sure. I would argue that even if you don't, it's it would make sense to update it. But I would say yeah. in the editorial process, if you think to yourself, okay, well, we have this date-based article yeah. coming up. Because of this update, you should mark it yeah. and understand yeah. when that kind of is likely going to, you know, be out of date. So we've trained, we've taught, I shouldn't say train, we've taught many of our clients to <laughs> to use like a documented editorial calendar. Usually we're doing this in a Google sheet, but maybe you have an Excel sheet, or maybe you're using some tool to manage the process. And that almost always contains some simple things like, uh, title, targeted keyword, draft due date, published date, right? Yep. Um, maybe a category, something like that. But what you might want to think about doing now, which probably would have always been a good practice, is have a little column there that says time sensitive. 
and then you check mark the ones that are time sensitive. But you, at that point, you assign a task to revisit that article um, whenever the day is appropriate. So if this is something that needs to be refreshed annually, okay, fine, go update this in 12 months. Mm -hmm. If this is something that is about a specific upcoming event, think back to like GDPR. There was a lot of content that was written about how GDPR was just around the corner and you had yeah. to prepare for it. Yep. You could have easily just put a date in your editorial calendar to go back to that content on the day this stuff rolls out and update it. So your content is still relevant and fresh. So think about that. You know, maybe it's just documenting it on your editorial calendar, but if you have a project management system where you're assigning tasks, proactively assign that task for six months, 12 months down the road, and now you're not going to miss it. Yep. So that's my advice. I would use HubSpot. And you're sticking to it. You could use HubSpot, yeah. For sure. task assignment. Yep, you could do that. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, linking to it in the show notes, uh, but you'll, again, find that on the Google keyword blog. So brings us to the next one. I think this is uh, one of you guys, right? Yeah, so I found this is a, a <laughs> aptly titled Google My Business Insights Study um, from Bright Local, uh, which is, uh, you know, they've, it's a company, um, <laughs> but the the study what in effect what it what it they did was they took forty five thousand random Google My Business listings profiles whatever you want to call them uh, from across the web and they analyzed them just to see what data what correlations they might be able to draw from that data and I mean what they what they came out with is is this massive. Oh, it's huge. Study yeah. Full of information. Um, that's just, I mean, it's, it's good to be aware of. Good to know. Um, you know, a few, a few key takeaways um, are things like, you know, where, what, what proportion of, of businesses are being discovered through um, search versus through, you know, the, the new discovery functionality. Do you guys um, use that? I, I not like super regularly, but I do. Okay. I do. All right. Um, don't want me to take you off track. I just, I've never used it. No, yeah, no. Um, you know, according to this study, um, only 16% are coming from direct searches and up to 84% are coming from discovery searches. <laughs> seems high to me. Yeah, it seems a little high. Um, so I don't, you know, I will take that one with a grain of salt, but um, there's some correlations around photos. So, um, you know, on average, a site, a, a, a Google My Business profile that has higher quality photos is going to have on, on their, their profile is going to have um, higher click through rate, higher number of visits than, than a profile that has fewer, uh, that has lower quality photos. Same thing with number of photos. If you have more photos on your profile, it's correlated to a higher yeah. number of click of clicks. So I'll just, I'll just kind of, I, I I believe that like we haven't tested this yeah. the way that, that they have, but um, where we've shared that advice and we've uploaded high quality photos, usually multiple high quality photos, the, uh, the increase in visibility and engagement with your listing is shocking. You're going to rise yeah. like a thousand percent. So it does make a big difference. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So, I mean, just like a lot of information in this report, we will spike out some of the, the major takeaways in our show notes, but otherwise we can just, uh, Link to it in the, in the show notes. Cool. Next article is I lost my spot because I got distracted <laughs> with some other uh, sort of live breaking news, which we'll come back to in a minute. Oh, all right. um, this article also comes from Google. This is from their web.dev site. 
And uh, the headline is native lazy loading for the web. Browser level native lazy loading is finally here. Uh, and this was published by multiple people on the Google team. So I won't go through their names, but nice job. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> um, the, the takeaway, so um, I think it was months ago, they, they announced how uh, Chrome was going to be supporting lazy loading natively. So you don't know what lazy loading is. Um, let's say you go to a website that is uh, 20 chihuahuas that look like the president. Poor dogs. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's a real article somewhere. And I'm not suggesting, maybe I shouldn't have used that example. I'm not suggesting the president looks like a chihuahua. But let's just pretend that that actually exists. So you're going to have 20 large, <laughs> they're all Googling it right now. You're going to have 20 large images, right? Oh my God. Okay, so there's actually, okay. The, the, these images do exist. So if you want to write that blog post, quite a number of actually. quite a number of people have uh, dressed up their chihuahuas like the the president. Okay, so let's say you have a blog post that has twenty images, um, and um, that's let's just say they're hundred kilobytes each, right? Uh, so don't make us do math. Times one hundred, right? That's a lot of data that has to download two megabytes, and um, that is going to slow your page performance, and that might hurt your rankings and search results. It might frustrate your mobile users, right? So um, people have come up with a pretty clever solution that will not bother to load an image until it's within the viewport. Your screen, when it's on the screen, that's when the image is downloaded, not in advance of the user scrolling. So lazy loading has always been a useful feature. The way you would typically do that uh, is deploy some JavaScript to lazy load those images. And there's plenty of... Um, freely available options out there that are very easy easy to implement that'll help you do that. Problem with that is JavaScript also adds additional data that has to be downloaded. It bloats your page. And as we know, not all search engines are really great at working with JavaScript. Um, so potentially lazy loading has been problematic or you've wondered if it's been problematic in the, in the past. Um, Chrome, this update with Chrome uh, attempts to eliminate that problem. They say, okay, we know lazy loading is good for the web. You shouldn't have to uh, install a plugin or set up some fancy JavaScript to make this happen. Um, we are just going to support it natively. And um, it's it's here, but it's not fully, fully out yet. I think with the next update, um, right now you have to actually turn it on to test it. Uh, but with the next update, I believe it'll be rolled out uh, for all. Um, and just to kind of quickly go through that, they say currently there are two ways to defer the loading of off-screen images and iframes using the Intersection Observer API and using scroll, resize, orient, and change, orientation change event handlers. And either option can let developers include lazy loading functionality. Blah, 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 blah. Um, now, it, it gets a little bit compli uh, complicated, but you're basically just going to add uh, three new values um, to indicate if you want an image to be lazy loaded, lo lazy loaded. What I say, lazy loaded. <laughs> yeah, lazy <lozy> loaded. <laughs> lazy loaded or not lazy loaded. All right. So by default, uh, lazy loading is not going to happen. Um, if you want to specify it, you you would use auto. Okay. So um, loading equals auto. That would mean that default lazy loading behavior of the browser, which is the same, is not including the attribute. Now, if you do lazy loading equals lazy, you are defer deferring loading. I can't talk today. You are deferring loading of the resource until it reaches a calculated distance 
from the viewport. So when you use that lazy attribute, that is what causes the image to be lazy loaded. And then eager, you want the image to be downloaded because it's kind of critical to the experience. That might be your logo or, or something like that. So then if you specify it as eager, it's going to load the resource immediately regardless of where it's located on the page. Now the article goes through how you can kind of test this and you know see what the impact is, but I think it's a good thing for the web. I'm, I haven't checked to see if other um, browsers like Firefox are going to be supporting this. I imagine they will. Um, so hope so. Keep an eye on that. But yeah, definitely check this out. If you have no idea what the hell I'm talking about, um, share this with your developer and see if it's an option for you. Could be a, could be a good thing. Could be good for your users. Could be good for your your performance and your your page speed. So, if you Google Firefox lazy loading, the uh, the featured snippet that's pulled is actually a a a tool called Unlazy, which automatically disables lazy loading on pages you view. Lazy <laughs> is, so lazy loading why. can be annoying. Really? I've yeah. never I've never well, encountered it and been annoyed. When it's not when images aren't loaded selectively, it, it can be it can be annoying. So if you use a plugin, like literally everything on that website may be lazy loaded and that Oh, like text and, and whatnot. Yeah, sometimes yeah. images sort of act as like visual cues on I don't know. Just, yeah, no, okay. That's fair. Okay, so two things that have happened while we've been recording this update. Uh, one is I just got like 20 different emails from Google Search Console. Uh, it says your July search performance for, and then it lists the, the website address. This, I, th I think, is a new thing. It's something that I've heard them uh, talking about in recent weeks. Have you guys seen these updates before? It's like a roundup of how your site performs. Oh, yeah, in search. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, we talk about Google Search Console a lot, but... This is one of the more helpful emails I've seen them actually send out. They uh, they start by saying, here's how many overall clicks your website has gotten during this period, how many impressions, uh, how many pages uh, with first impressions, okay? Um, and then they talk about what pages have seen the greatest growth, what queries have seen the greatest growth. They don't tell you anything bad, at least that I've, I've seen <laughs> so far. Um, but it's it's kind of cool. They're They're actually giving you some good, interesting data and trying to entice you to come into the tool and use the performance report. Um, I would love it if they added the capability to flag which keywords are important to you. So out of all the queries Ooh. that Google Search Console is telling you your website is ranking for, some of them are like, oh, that's cool, but there are some like business critical ones, ones yeah. that you know are, are really important. And those are the ones that I want to keep a close eye on just to make sure we're kind of staying in the right direction. So it would be fantastic if they just gave that option, star a query or something like that. And then they featured whatever you've starred in this yeah. report. So please, please, please do that. <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, another update uh, that came out that we would talk about next week, but I feel like we'll be on to other things by then, is uh, Google, again, a few months ago, I think probably around the same time they announced that lazy loading was coming to Chrome, they announced that their um, crawler, Googlebot, is going to be evergreen. So historically, Googlebot was sort of an old version of Chrome. So it didn't support uh, modern enhancements uh, that many websites were already using. And uh, they had announced that um, from that point on, their crawler was going to be evergreen, so it was always going to be current. If it's supported for Chrome, it was going to be supported for Googlebot. But their testing tools were still using the old version. Mm. Now all their testing tools are also using uh, evergreen version of Googlebot. Oh, cool. So it just makes all these testing tools a heck of a lot more accurate and useful. And just to quickly run through those, there's the URL inspection tool in Google Search Console. There's the mobile-friendly test. There's the rich results test. And there's the AMP test. Cool. Yeah. Like it. Great tools to use if you haven't tried them out before. So. Awesome. Yeah. 
All right. So now we are moving on to the app of the week. And the week. Um, this one came from, I, I don't, I, I should get the, the, I came across this app while reading another article and I, I should find out what that was and I'll, I'll, uh, See if we can get that into I the was, show notes. I was wondering what cost you, like what, where you found this one. You know what it was? I, it was, I, I feel bad that I don't have it and we didn't bake it in, but somebody did a review of all the uh, different uh, audio, like transcription services that were out there. Mm. And this was one of them. And I think they did a really nice job. So they definitely deserve credit. I feel really bad that I can't give them that credit. If we remember um, it, we'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, but this app, it, it is, it's an audio transcription service and it's called otter.ai. And I'll be honest, I haven't tried it yet, but I did read through the, um, you know, the, the differences and the comparison. The reason I really like this one is simply that it gives you um, several minutes for free. Uh, so they uh, say Otter is where conversations live. You can generate rich notes for meetings, interviews, lectures, and other important voice conversations. And it is an AI powered assistant. Now, what that means is as it transcribes your audio, it's probably going to do a pretty decent job. but if it's important to get that transcription 100% right, you're probably going to have to do some editing. So this will do yeah. a lot of the heavy lifting for you, but you still want to give it a quick review and, you know, tweak words that aren't quite right. I imagine using a lot of branded terms, like we're talking about HubSpot or Pepperland, right? Yeah. Um, a transcription service like this might have a hard time with that. So something to look out for. But again, the, the beauty in this is you get um, how many minutes, guys? 600 free. For the free 600. Month. I mean, that's a lot. Yeah. That's more than I, th if, well, let's go through the use cases first. So I think the, the immediate use case that jumped out to me was uh, transcribing a podcast, like the one we're, we're doing. So our yep. podcasts are typically about 20 minutes long. Yeah. 600 minutes of transcription is probably going to be more than enough to cover us for the right. entire, definitely would be more than enough yeah. to cover us for the entire month. So that's pretty phenomenal. Why would you want to do a transcription of a podcast? Well, potentially that's going to help with your SEO. There's a lot of good keyword rich content that we're talking about in the conversation and it would be really hard to manually transcribe all this stuff that we're talking Save about. Save me some time. <laughs> yeah. Now we don't, we don't fully transcribe the show. We just do a quick summary, try to make it easy. We want you to listen to get the full material, but you think of a, a marketing show like Whiteboard Friday. Yep. They fully transcribe yeah. everything. And, and those I've, are long. They are. And I, there have been times where I, I didn't want to put on the audio, but I did want to see what they talked about. And I actually read through the whole transcription. So th there is a good use case for transcribing. This could be a great tool for doing that. But some other ones that come to mind, we have a lot of meetings and a lot of calls, right? And uh, most of our calls are on Zoom. And there's a lot of little things that unfortunately kind of get lost. You know, you forget to jot it down on a piece of paper or put it in. Or you're typing notes. furiously while you're holding your phone up to your ear. Yeah, exactly. Now this... Yeah. Um, I correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it integrates with um, Zoom. And again, yep. haven't yeah. tested that yet, but holy cow, that's going to be so incredibly useful. Um, so there's probably other good reasons why you would want to have a transcription service. But uh, I think those two reasons alone are a great reason to at least try this out, especially given that, hey, it's free. Yeah, and then what you've got the pricing there. What if you do need to upgrade? Yeah, so if you if you upgrade to the premium version, um, it is eight uh, actually. So if it, if you build monthly, it's about ten dollars a month. Okay. Um, annually it's like eight thirty three, um, but that comes with six thousand minutes per month, which is just an insane amount. Yeah. Um, and some of the other functions, the functionality that comes with it is you can upload a custom vocabulary to avoid the problem you were just talking about. There's some Dropbox integration. Um, you, you can skip. Like skip silence and, and um, bulk export. Um, so, you know, a lot. And then 
if you have a large team, if you do a lot of this kind of stuff, um, there's an additional option for $15 a month. It's called Teams. Um, and that just broadens the functionality. They send you a basket of treats. Yeah. Yeah. A digital basket. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So check it out. Uh, I'll be testing it out because it, like I said, I think it seems like a, a great solution. Hoping to try out some of the other ones that are out there as well, but this really stood out to me. So otter.ai, give it a try. And that brings us to our lightning round. Yep. Number one is 10 best readability tools to check your SEO content. And we use SEMrush for this. Primarily. Yeah. Primarily. Um, yeah. In the past, I've used I've used the Hemingway app. Mm-hmm. Um, Hemingway's great. Yeah. I This isn't really a readability thing, but the Google Natural Language API offers some insight there that's kind of more technical but yeah uh number two google image search launches new image preview box i noticed that last night i'm not really a fan of it um probably just i'm a creature of habit yeah probably like i'm I'm just used to it popping up not like sliding in well we had mentioned like i think it was a week or two that they were going to start to test different like orientations of whatever um yeah i mean it's it, it, it doesn't ultimately change yeah google image search at all uh john Mew says word count is not a ranking factor hmm. it's in a reddit subreddit for big i think he's right it's well, it's, it's it's not, not it's, it's not technically a ranking not factor. but when you do have a longer piece of content you are more likely to rank for other things yeah i think it's more of like a so te- I mean, a coral- tech- it, it, word count is correlated to right. pro- to ranking better, but it's not like the cause. It's a wor- you know word count leading to higher comprehensiveness. Yeah, but not so. Here's the thing, but like, not because of not not all ser- not all searches need to be so. The 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 thing here and, and why we we pay attention to word count um, is it has to do with with searcher intent first yeah. and foremost. So certain searches will require. Um, a more comprehensive, in-depth answer to the question, right? You still may get away with giving a quick answer, but Google may see that searchers want a little bit more. And so the resources that are doing a better job at meeting the searcher's intent, and perhaps they've done that by using a bigger word count, then start to rank higher in search results. So if we see that, you know, everything on that first page, like they're going deep, they're doing, you know, 2,000 plus words, First, we have to understand well, why are they doing that? Yeah. Like, is there value in the content that they're putting there? Are they being long for the sake of being long? Usually, if they're on the first page of search results, there, there is some real value there. Google's done a pretty good job. So that is just a signal to us that for us to be competitive, to be as thorough, we're probably going to need to come somewhere in that word count range. But it's not the it's not the word count that is the the ranking factor. It's your ability to help the searcher do what they want to do or understand what they needed to understand. That's really what it's all about. So I agree with them, but you are justified in doing that analysis yeah. and doing that critique. John. <laughs> Last one is uh, 11 Facebook case studies and success stories to inspire you. I didn't scan that one, so I don't know. I scanned a couple of them. Were Pretty they cool. inspiring? I mean, they inspired me. We went over are they one. for business? What, what who are they for? Like success it's stories? Business, for, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But we went over on Instagram one a couple of shows ago. I can't remember exactly what it's for, but no, definitely cool. Check it out. Like the Canadian. That's that's the lightning round. Yeah. Yeah. It was lightning. (laughs) Grease. Fast. Oh my God. 
I've never actually seen that movie. What is wrong I know, with you? Ryan? I, I've seen parts. I've never uh, chosen to sit down and say, uh, I'm going to watch Grease today. Grease is a great um, sexist movie. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you go back to it. It's pretty, it's pretty bad in parts. Yeah. But anyway. There, there thanks for leaving us on that light note. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks. Leave us a review if you like what you heard. And we will see you next week with another episode. <laughs>